Hey guys, welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely old wife, as always, Liberty. We're a married couple with different hobbies, and we try to bring each other into those hobbies through the latest news in both books and sports. This week, we are here right now for the sports episode, and... This is our next to last episode of the quote-unquote season. That's not where I was going with it, but this is gonna be a really rough week for me to try to persuade liberty to like sports because there's not much of anything really going on but the nfl and like there were some champions league games but nothing really exciting going on so that's usually how sports are for me not very exciting well it's gonna be worse this week i'm sorry yeah i thought we would start with the nhl because that's probably gonna be the least we have to talk about or next to least yeah, it seems like really not a whole lot going on there. Obviously, the NHL and the NHL Players Association are trying to figure out their CBA, but the talks have pretty much hit a standstill. Well, they've agreed to how long the season is going to be, technically. Yeah. And what was that, 52 games? 56 games okay. currently is what they've agreed upon, but they've also discussed a 52-game season. So oh, okay. they've agreed upon a 56 as long as they can start the season on time. If they can't, they're like, well, maybe 52. It's they like cut out one week of play. Basically, yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's interesting. So, like, if they do the 56-game season, it would be starting January 1st. If they do the 52-game season, they're discussing the start date of January 15th. Those are the two start dates that they're aiming for right now. They just don't know whether they're going to get the rest of the CBA under wraps. There's a couple ownership teams that are pushing for the players to give up more of their checks, basically, back to the organizations. And I'm like, So this turning into an MLB situation? Yeah, yeah. And what's sad is... Based on what I'm reading and hearing from everything I can get access to, it's only about three owners that are really giving a problem. The leading member of that group uh, is the Boston Bruins owner. Of course. Yeah. That's literally what a lot of people have written who are fans of the game are like, oh, of course, Boston's got to ruin it for everyone. But yeah, that's that's the owner that's giving the most pushback on it right now. Quit being such a cheapskate. Ah, I see what you did there. Dad joke, 101. Um, Mom joke. Yeah. But yeah, it, again, if it's such a small group, it's like they should be able to be majority voted against and just be like, you don't get a say anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, it's a little late in the month to still not know what's happening next month. Like, we're only in the first week, yes. You're cutting it close. Very close. Yeah. It definitely does have all the tastes of the MLB discussions. From this summer, Yeah. yeah. I'm not shocked, but at the same time, it's just disappointing that our favorite league is doing this the same thing that the MLB did, so it's just meh. It's yeah. messy. Well, Jack Hughes and Alexis Lafreniere are neither one going to be playing in the 2021 IIHF World Junior Championship. They were both number one picks in the past two drafts for the NHL. But both of their teams felt the need to get the players ready for the 2020-2021 season. Technically, it's the 21 season because they're not playing in 2020. Yeah. But basically, the coach for the Devils said that it's good time to get their strength up and pack some muscle weight on. Well, that and particularly, obviously, the Canadian team has been plagued with COVID cases. So do you really want to send your brand new superstar up there to go get COVID and possible lung damage? So it's just like, yeah. He's a little young to have to go through that. So let's not do it. 
Yeah. Both these kids have a very bright future in NHL. Not that they're going to be any by means like to the level of maybe Gretzky, but they are going to be star players for whatever organization they play in probably for the remainder of their career. So it's, it's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, you really don't want to risk injury in a tournament that really means nothing but for country, you know, right? Yeah. the payroll for the junior teams, I can tell you is nowhere near as much as an NHL contract. So it's just like, dude, is that really a tough decision for you right now? Like, I know you're only 18 or 19 years old, but still. Well, technically how it works is your team has to like free you to do this right. and neither team has done that. So it's not a personal decision. It's a coach or GM decision. Yeah. So it's not like they had a choice, but I feel like if they had to choose, they would have made that choice. Yeah. In the time of COVID. Now, I don't know if that would have been different if they got to make that choice before COVID ever happened. Right. But especially now, you just don't want to risk it this early on in your career, at least. Well, yeah, injury or COVID. Uh, neither of those things are really what you want to do, especially for a friendly style game. It just seems kind of overkill. Yeah. And then this piece of news I brought because I, as you know, love Christmas. Yeah. So Jordan Bennington, the goalie from your least favorite team, St. Louis Blues, Blues, is now a Hallmark ornament. We've seen it, actually, when we were at the Hallmark store. (laughs) We have. It's obviously not the first time Hallmark's dabbled in sports. So previous players that have become Hallmark ornaments are our favorite, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Our least favorite, Alexander Ovechkin. I thought you were going to say Patrick Kane. I was waiting for it. No. Jonathan Taves, your captain. Our other least favorite, Claude Giroux. Gordie Howe, Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux, and Eric Lindros. Lindros? Look. But apparently he's going to be donating the proceeds to local charities and charities from his own hometown. Right. That's great. It's kind of going to be the week of charities in the news, and you'll get a little more of that later. But as well this week, we obviously heard from a couple of teams that they're exploring the idea of playing their home games in outdoor ice arenas. This um, does not make sense for most of the league. It makes sense for a lot of the league. It makes no sense with the teams that are trying to do it for the most part. They don't usually have cold enough temperatures to keep an ice rink not slush. So you have right now the teams that are exploring this idea are the Kings, the Ducks, the Penguins, the Bruins, the Hurricanes, the Stars, and the Predators. I'm on board with the Penguins and the Bruins. Honestly, it gets cold enough in Nashville to do that too uh, during the wintertime. But L.A., Really? Two teams in L.A. and Orange County? Like, how? No. It's going to be like 50 degrees, maybe 60 degrees if you're lucky. All I could think when I heard this is they're going to use a lot of resources to try to make this happen. Yeah. And it's completely unnecessary. And I don't know that you'd get enough of a financial payoff for that to have made any sense whatsoever. Well, like, don't get me wrong. As a sports fan, I want to go watch sports. As a human being in the middle of a pandemic, I don't want to go watch sports. I understand where they're trying to come from that and make that decision, but it's truly just to have fans in attendance, and I don't know that that is the right risk to be taking at this point. I would not go to a game. And even when COVID is over, I'm going to be the overly cautious person and probably still be wearing masks and wiping things down and trying to stay away from strangers. Yeah. So even if I were to go to a game next year, I would still be careful. Right. But I think that's all the NHL news I actually have, but I also still have hockey news. So 
What's your hockey news? So the uh, Quebec Men's Junior Hockey League has delayed their season. They they started their season off with low body-to-body contact. If you remember, we talked about it a couple weeks ago where they were allowed to poke check each other. And if body contact happens, it has to be accidental. You can't be trying to hit them. Like, you know, you're going for a puck and then, oops, my shoulder hit the other person. Like... You can't be trying to finish checks and things like that, which really left the goalies hung out to dry. So I'm kind of glad that they're like, listen, we're just going to delay the season and not play until we can do all the things that you're supposed to do in hockey. They're delaying it from basically December 1st through January 3rd. So January 3rd is when they'll start their season back up. I I don't know that anything's going to really change on that front in that time period. Vaccines will start coming out. I'm sure sports organizations will be the first to get their hands on them because they have a lot of money other than like obviously medical professionals will be first priority. But that's definitely not how the release is supposed to be going. Okay. Well, what I was going to continue to say was the fact that they were the ones that got their hands on the highest quality COVID tests first, even beyond a lot of the medical professionals. So... I kind of disagree a little bit there, but I agree that vaccines should not be going to athletes first and foremost. But at the same time, I don't see it not being a thing that's probably going to end up happening because a lot of these companies that are developing these vaccines are out for the highest bidder, obviously. And don't get me wrong, governments can spend a lot of money, but they usually don't like to on their people. So, you know, it's just kind of a give and take, I guess, there. And then also this week, Tim Tebow, the ex-quarterback, more of a collegiate star than he was in the NFL, joins the ownership group of the Jacksonville Icemen. They're an ECHL team. I know that you were making comments about how stupid the name was last night and how cheesy it was, but... It is very stupid, very cheesy. Yeah. I feel like you could come up with a better name than that. Yeah. But then again, we have Golden Knights in the actual league, so... Yeah. The thing is, the Icemen have actually been named that twice. Um, What? Who makes that stupid of a decision twice? Well... I'm not really sure who made that decision twice, but the ownership organization has changed over the years and obviously locations have changed as well. But that's all the NHL news I have. I don't know if you have anything else or any other hockey news. So moving on to the NFL, former running back LeGarrette Blount. LeGarrette Blount? Uh, sure. Blount, technically. It's got an O in it. Yeah. He announced his retirement from football. He hasn't played since 2018, but he formally announced his retirement this week. There were multiple players that did that this week, and I really was just kind of like, okay, you're giving me this news. Why? Like, how is this news? You haven't played in years. This is basically, I gave up trying and we're done. Yeah. And the NFL is currently making adjustments late into the season in order to attempt to deal with COVID safety. They announced them on Friday. So effective on Monday, December 7th, in-person meetings are prohibited and virtual meetings are the only types permitted. I believe this is just after games. You can't meet to go over the tape or whatever sports people do the next day. Okay. And so they have to do all of that virtually. And I think that makes a lot of sense because we have the internet. We can call each other and talk about these things without having to be face to face. Right. I would have hedged my bet. It was more in response to the quarterbacks in Denver where they were all in a room together, not wearing masks. And that's why Denver was in the situation they were in because the staffers that were in the room with them had, one of them had tested positive for COVID. They had to call that wide receiver who was a quarterback in college off their practice squad to start for them because 
he was the only qualified person they could find because yeah. all three quarterbacks had to be benched. I don't know. It probably is just a response to COVID numbers going up in the league as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, it's disgusting how fast those numbers are driving up right now. And the coaches have access to the facility to work independently, but they can't, like, meet with anybody in person. Yeah. So hopefully your coach isn't the one with COVID because he'll just leave it all over the place when you're not meeting. But in other COVID NFL news, the Ravens had to cancel their practice on Monday and Tuesday leading up to Wednesday's final decision day for the game. They finally played it. It was supposed to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. And they finally played the game last Thursday. On Monday, it was the eighth straight day with a positive test. On Tuesday, the ninth. Wednesday, they had no new positive tests. All the tests from the morning of Wednesday from both teams, Pittsburgh and the Ravens, who both were just being obliterated with new COVID cases, came back negative. So basically, all the players that were on the field at the time of the game were not positive for COVID-19, which I don't know how and what miracle that ended up working out, but congratulations to the guys that actually got to play football. By game time, the Ravens were up to 25 players on their COVID reserve list, and that fluctuated up and down throughout the week, but it's still just, like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, what, a third or more of their team? Yep. That's insane. And then this week also the Browns facility got closed after a staffer tested positive. More fun times there, I guess. As well, the Broncos find their three quarterbacks personally, not the NFL. The, the team handled their finding of their own players hmm. for not wearing their, their masks during the quarterback practice slash video practice, more or less, or video tape watching there's a proper term for that i'm sure but there probably is and you don't have it yeah but the weirdest news coming out of the ravens organization this week with their all their covid tests they basically were trying to figure out if it was one strain that was being spread around it turned out that there was four different strains of the coronavirus that were being spread amongst the camp so that's horrifying right they were all similar in I guess, symptoms and things like that. It's just they all differed a little bit on, I guess, a virus-based level. That's what the report said. And I was like, oof. I'm like, that means the people that had it could have had it three other separate times in different ways. I'm like, that's that's crazy. So that was the weirdest COVID news I had this week. Yeah. For obvious reasons. It's like we knew that there were other strains of this virus that are existing because obviously viruses mutate in response to treatments. But at the same time, it's just like they had four in one one facilities. I still think they're all making out in locker rooms. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, they're not. How would you know? Are you in their locker room? No. All well, right. I feel like that's the same theory of uh, Trumpisms that Trump uses. Well, if I'm not guilty and you don't know that I'm guilty, then I must not be guilty. It's like, well, no, you you could be still. But yeah, the argument's kind of It's far-fetched. possible is all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, the Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs is out due to an ankle injury. He sprained his ankle in a game against the Atlanta Falcons, and then he sat out of practice this week. He's still not better, so he's going to be out for the game this week. In other injury-slash-illness news, I don't know how to say his first name, Rigoberto? 
Sanchez announced on Monday, November 30th, that he'll be pausing his NFL career due to a cancer diagnosis. He is going to be undergoing surgery or underwent surgery on Tuesday, December 1st to remove the tumor. His timeline is still unknown for recovery, but he said that he'll be leaning on his wife during this time to get through it. That's rough. Cancer no, cancer diagnoses are never fun. They don't have any particulars, but I mean... HIPAA exists for a reason, for the privacies. As do CBAs. Yeah. And the last piece of NFL news I have is that, thanks in large part to a horrible 110 season, the Jaguars have fired their GM, Dave Caldwell, and Trent Balk is going to be the interim GM for the remainder of the season. Yeah, it definitely gets a little worse than the 1 in 10 record. Obviously, that's not, like, that's really bad. But he's been the GM since 2013 and only has managed one winning season since then. By winning season, you mean, like, they have more wins than losses? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Their record with him at the helm has been 37 and 86. Time to go. You only win a third of your games. That's pretty bad. Um, so I'm not shocked by that termination. I'm actually amazed that it took this long to happen. Let's be honest. Yeah. Also this week, uh, we got the Browns defeating the Jaguars, which guaranteed them their team's first non-losing season since 2007. They only ended up winning the game 27 to 25, so they just squeaked that one right out. Yeah, but they've had a lot of staffing and like coaching changes right yeah the the browns have more or less been the laughing stock of the nfl in turn that usually means that there's a lot of turnover in the coaching positions head coach and you know at a certain staff. point when do you decide to accept that coaching position when it becomes available because i wouldn't well it's kind of the same predicament right now i feel like for like the jets they're starting to become like the browns were for the longest time so like there's jokes that justin fields who's more than likely going to be the first pick in the draft next year is like I will do anything at all to not be a part of the Jets organization just because like they've had a couple first picks in the most recent drafts and it's done nothing to help them yeah so yeah I I don't know it's the Browns have been a laughing stock for a lot of years their fans are infamous for even making fun of their own team by like wearing trash bags and paper brown bags on their heads because they're just disgusted with how bad their team are and that's kind of like how the Leafs organization has fans that do that sort of crap. Yeah. They are just, like, irritated with the losing streak, so they better be celebrating in the streets is all I'm saying after the, the fact that they're getting their first winning season. No, stay at home. There's still COVID outside. Yeah. Also this week, the 49ers have finally decided to play their next home games in Arizona. Arizona agreed to be their home away from home temporarily. I bet there was a financial incentive. I'm sure there was. But they'll be staying in a hotel close by the stadium and the practice facilities so that they can still use both. Um, So they'll be in a little mini bubble, the 49ers. So one team bubble. Yeah, the full details finally came out about why they're in that predicament. Obviously, last week we discussed the fact that they were changing their COVID policies, but like the county was. Yeah, yeah. so all the small details finally came out as to what it, why it was so destructive. The full contact sports obviously being banned was the biggest one, but if you traveled within 150 miles or further away from the county, you'd have to quarantine everybody for 14 days as well. Ouch. So that's what ultimately threw like the crazy, crazy wrench in and why they weren't able to continue to use their practice facilities either. So 
I feel like 150 miles is not that far. (laughs) From San Francisco, no, it's really not. There's not much in any direction from that. Could you even get to San Jose in 150 miles? Well, they play in San Jose, sweethearts. Oh, do they? Yes. Can you even get to the real San Francisco? Yes, you could. Okay. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to play in LA like they did last week. So what's awful about the news and the way it came, the organization has been very closely tied to the county and working on ways to keep their system still going as a team, but also following stricter restrictions from the county itself. The county didn't tell the 49ers organization anything until after they had already announced all the new restrictions. They basically shut down conversation with them for the week and were like, here it is, surprise. Like, Well, you should have known something was up at that point. Well, if I've ever watched Survivor, I know when people stop talking to you, it's a problem. I don't think there was any news that they were going to be changing it, though, is the real thing. So, like, the organization has been a part of every single one of those conversations up until this point. But players were literally finding out about this changes from their wives via text while they were on the plane. Yeah. And that is a really crappy way to have a relationship with a multi-million dollar organization that partakes in games inside your city limits and your county limits. So, I just, I don't know, it... It seemed kind of trashy on the county's part to handle it the way they did. Like, I understand they had to announce the restrictions, but maybe talk to the largest company that's more or less in your area necessarily, like in your county. It just seems weird the way it was handled. Also this week, the Houston Texans, Will Fuller and Bradley Robbie have both picked up six-game suspensions for breaking PED policies. So what's weird is they have the same physical trainer. So they were under the impression that they were taking like workout supplements that were within the PED policy restrictions because neither of them knew that they were going to fail a test, basically. Like, they were honestly surprised. They tweeted about it like, wow, I just failed the PED for some reason and then the punishments came down and they immediately both pointed fingers at their physical trainer like that's the guy that we do workouts with he's the one that supplies our supplements how did you not know so they're placing the blame on him they're going to contest the PED challenge but realistically the reason the six games is there is to more or less keep them from coming back while those drugs are still in their system basically they're going to be sitting six games more than likely no matter what even after the contested time And then Tyrod Taylor, I know that we talked a little bit about this. He decided he's not going to file a grievance over his punctured lung incident earlier this year when he was getting the pain shot for the broken rib or the damaged ribs or bruised ribs that he had during the game. What's really a bummer for Tyrod Taylor in this instance is it forced the rookie who was definitely going to be his replacement next season into the starting role. And he was told by the Chargers organization that he was going to be allowed to come back and start after he healed from this. He's been healthy for two weeks now and he hasn't seen a single snap. So, Well, how is his replacement doing? uh, He's up for offensive rookie of the year at this point. Yeah, so there's a reason. Yeah, yeah. He's got over 3,000 yards passing, only nine interceptions in 10 games. Uh, I think it's something like 10 or 11 touchdowns for passes. So, yeah, he's doing quite well, to say the least. And last but not least this week with sports news of the world and the NFL, Joe Burrow had his surgery this past week. It was a successful surgery. He ended up tearing his ACL and MCL as well. They also discussed that he had other structural knee damage. I don't know what that term really means, but that sounds bad. It could be other ligaments or probably torn cartilage Yeah, in between the joint. It's an ugly sound, but it happened in week 11 when he was hit a little low on the body. Surgery was successful. They're saying that he should be back and 100% healthy by next 
next season. So um, he's not going to get to play another game this year. But let's be honest, when you tear both your ACL and MCL, you shouldn't really be trying to play football in the same season. Even if you just tore one, it's late enough in the season you shouldn't play at all this season. Right. They're expecting to be back at full health and capability by next season, so there shouldn't be any issues there. But that's all the NFL news I have this week. For the MLB, the Mariners agreed to a one-year $3.01 million contract with outfielder Mitch Hanager. I didn't write his down. I have no idea who he is. He's in the outfield, so you don't see him very often, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that I thought was weird is it's $3.01 million. You couldn't go without $10,000? Yeah. Why not? I need that extra ten grand. Jeez. It's a down payment on a house. Not even in Seattle. Or at least argue them up to 3.05 or something that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) It's dumb, but that's why I wrote it down. Gotcha. (laughs) Also this week, we had the Mets sign Trevor May to a two-year deal for $15.5 million. A little bit more of a reasonable contract there. So it breaks down to an AAV of what, 7.125 or something? Yeah, it'd be 7.25, I think, right? Because that would make it 15.5. Or no, that would be even more than that. What did you say the amount was? 15.5 million. Oh, that's not what I heard. It's a two year contract, 7.75. Yeah, it's a little more than we both guessed. 7.75 million a year. As a relief pitcher, not a bad, not a bad job. Pitch like two or three innings in a game, maybe. And then also this week, the Rangers hired their former pitcher, Chris Young, as their new general manager. He was in the league for 13 years as a pitcher. He definitely understands the game as well. When he came out of his high school and collegiate, short collegiate career, because he was drafted, I think, in like his freshman year or something like that in the MLB. He was always the guy that was there at practices early, watching lots of tape, trying to position the defensive players behind him properly based on batters and what he was going to throw as a pitch. So, like, he already has a very large coaching and deep understanding of the game behind it. But he's been part of the Rangers organization up and down from, like, minor league teams to major league teams since he's left the organization. So, like, as a player. But he's not just taking on the one role, right? He's not just the GM. He's also going to be the executive vice president. Correct. So he gets to wear two hats. I hope he gets two paychecks. Yeah, they didn't didn't discuss how much the dollars were, but I imagine it's a a pretty fee. Being a general manager, even for a crummy team like the Rangers, probably pays pretty well. You're in Texas. Are you allowed to talk trash about the Rangers? Um, Yeah, I think it's pretty accepted that Houston's the better team here so Mm. I'm sure there's some Rangers fans that would disagree but I don't know here in Dallas I don't really see that many people that get that excited over the Rangers they're like yeah we're Rangers fans I'm like oh okay cool great it's more of a meh feeling I guess but I can understand that as a White Sox fan for a number of years it's kind of the way a lot of White Sox fans feel at times too so but speaking of the White Sox longtime Cubs broadcaster Len Casper has left the Cubs to join the White Sox radio broadcast team. He's Weird. He's been with the Cubs now uh, as it comes to broadcasting for their television broadcasts for the realm of like 8 to 10 years. And prior to that, he did their radio broadcasts. So all I can think is, well, your team sucks now, so you might as well go root for the team that's the better baseball team in uh, Chicago currently and be a part of their organization. I'm sure it had more to do with a larger paycheck, but it is what it is. There are no loyalties. Most people in Chicago would disagree with what you just said. Well, I mean, if he's willing to switch sides. Yeah. Doesn't seem very loyal to me. No, I guess not. Did you have any other signings this week? I kind of kept mine to a minimum. No, but Gio Ursula underwent surgery on Friday to remove a bone chip from his right elbow. He 
has an expected recovery time of three months. I would hope that would be longer, because that sounds like a really awful place to have surgery right in your joint. Yeah, joint-based surgeries for pitchers, though, is becoming more and more a regular thing, obviously. How do you get a bone chip? I don't know. Did he get hit in the elbow? No, he ate a lot of potatoes, and then he got a chip. It just formed right there on his elbow. Wow. That was (laughs) bad. That was so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Even this Irish lady does not approve that potato joke. Mm. And then also this week, the MLB Players Association donated over $500,000 to help minor leaguers whose seasons were canceled. I feel like that's very little money in the big scope of things. Well, I don't know that that could help all the players who got their season canceled, which is all of them. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the the pay gap between minor league and major league is ridiculous. It's not like going from the NHL to the AHL where you can have a two-way decent contract. It's like night and day. Yeah. You go from millions to thousands, and it's kind of crazy, but you got to think there's really not that many people buying minor league team jerseys, you know, in most instances. Right. So, and then this week, something I'm kind of excited about, CeCe Sabathia partnered with HBO to make a documentary about his life, debuting on December 22nd. I'd be excited if I knew who that was. He was probably one of the most dominant pitchers between the Indians and the Yankees in all the years I watched baseball. He used to haunt my White Sox. Every time I'd see him pitch, I would get very nervous as a White Sox fan. But the documentary is going to cover all the way from his childhood up to his retirement, his final season, so... I'm kind of excited to see it. I don't know if it's like a multiple episode thing or if it's just going to be really, really long. Right. I'm hoping it's a multiple episode situation. That's usually the way HBO goes with these things. So I will definitely have to find some way to stream and or watch that because I'm actually really interested in that. It sounds like it'd be a cool thing to watch. And the last thing for baseball that you didn't necessarily want me to talk about, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. The finalist for the 2020 All MLB team will be revealed on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern which is the day we're recording. And this is the second year for this list, which recognizes the top performances by players in the regular season. Apparently there's a first string, there's a second string, you've got all the positions covered and multiple pitchers and all this other crap. So basically it's a participation trophy. It's not a participation it's trophy. It's basically a participation trophy. It is not trophy. a participation it's trophy. It's almost exactly a participation trophy. It is nothing like a participation trophy. This is the one thing I will fight or die <laughs> on the hill for. Listen, you don't think it's a participation trophy, but how many players are going to be excluded from this list? Practically none from what I read. Practically none? What are you even talking about? <laughs> it's literally so much people that aren't going to be part of it. It's like the other day when you ran through the list of golden trophy thingies and it was almost every team had like 12 players on the list. It was a lot and it's the same thing. I agree. It's very similar of a thing that was previously listed and that's why I think it's kind of a dumb thing. Um, There's always been some iteration of it over the years where, you know, the AP news group comes out with their own version of it, like the first team uh, style stuff. So You could just call them the Associated Press. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's not uncommon for this list to exist. I just didn't want to go over it because I know how much you hate these lists. I do. It's like a participation trophy. It's, not it's a very similar. Participation trophy. Participation trophy would include every member of the organization of the MLB, which That's is why endless. I said it was like one, not that it was one. Uh, but <laughs> moving on to the NBA. Yes, it's like the only category of sports that I actually have a lot of news on. So I don't know how, but Paul Mill. Sap has officially re-signed with the Denver Nuggets. The team announced on Thursday that he signed a one-year $10 million deal mm-hmm. with an AAV of $10 million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, go figure. What's your deal? <laughs> you just said yeah, and then was like, wow, what? <laughs> it took me a second to realize how stupid that was. <laughs> um, also this week, LeBron James agreed to a two-year extension at a max contract extension for 85 million dollars uh this extension keeps him signed through the end of the 22-23 season with the lakers and the lakers didn't slow down this week they also signed anthony davis to a five-year max contract worth 190 million dollars they uh spent some money this week they want to keep their people well those are their two key pieces for sure as well so that contract locks him in with the team until the end of the 24-25 season so they've got him for an even longer term so I'm not shocked to see that that got taken care of this week. It was a little weird because he was under contract, but he was a a restricted free agent, but he decided he was going to play the field and then ended up staying with the same team, Anthony Davis, that is. How uncomfortable would that be? I want to leave you, but I can't. Well, I don't know that it was that. I think it was if you sign a contract as an RFA, you can't get a full max contract. So Why? It's just a stipulation with the CBA. So I think he basically was like, listen, my talents are worth more than what you're going to be able to offer me as an extension. So like, I'm just going to go into this and see if anybody else brings a max contract. And the Lakers are like, we will. We we want to keep you. And I'm sure there were other teams that approached him to offer it. It's just, you know, why leave a team where you just won the NBA championship, especially if they're going to give you the same amount of money. But those are the two big signings I had for the week. I know that Gordon Hayward ended up being in a sign-and-trade contract, which we'd be here all day if I tried to explain what a sign-and-trade contract is, so we won't go into it. If you really want to know, look it up. All the information is available. No, tell me. No, I will not, because it literally would have taken me an hour to read the article about the differences between them. Are you looking up what a sign-and-trade contract is? Yes. This isn't even that difficult to explain. One team signs an unrestricted free agent to a new contract only to then immediately trade him to another team. Right. Sign and trade. You sign them, you trade them. His trade is more complicated than that, though. That was the reason I wasn't going to go into it. The idea of a sign and trade contract is very straightforward. It, It literally tells you in the name of it. One sentence. Yeah. But the amount of trade draft picks and players that were traded to take care of it and how much percentage of other players' contracts they're taking, it was a mess when it comes to that information. And that's no, I, I don't care about any of that. that nonsense. I just wanted you to define what you were saying. Okay. I don't care what's happening there. Yeah. The LA Clippers have re-signed free agent Reggie Jackson, but the terms of the agreement have not been released per team policy. Yep. I don't like when they do this. Tell me how much money he's worth. I want to know. It'll eventually get leaked out. It's just right now they're not talking about it. I'm going to say at least $2,000. <laughs> well, if it was the baseball player who's retired in the Hall of Famer, yeah, it probably would be $2,000 for a basketball contract. But I have a feeling his contract will probably be worth more than that. Probably. That's why I said at least. Yeah. <laughs> and then there were some 
COVID-y things that happened this week. Because when is there not in major sports during a pandemic? Yeah. A player for the Washington Wizards, who feel like a fake team, has tested positive for COVID, according to their coach, Scott Brooks. The unnamed player is unable to participate in this week's training camp due to COVID restrictions and the NBA's set health and safety guidelines, which require players who test positive to wait 10 days and then be monitored in independent workouts for two more days. Correct. Also this week with COVID news, the Golden State Warriors team workouts were delayed for three days after two players tested positive within their organization. Obviously current under the CBA that they currently are dealing with, they do not have to release the names of who it is. As well, Doc Rivers, the head coach for the 76ers, says he doubts that the NBA will be able to complete a full 72-game season amidst a pandemic. Well, on top of that, you have the holiday coming up. And as we saw with Thanksgiving, no one wants to give up their holiday with their family, apparently. Right. Even though everyone complains about fighting over Thanksgiving, they still want to go. And same thing for Christmas. And a total of 48 players came back in the first round of testing, testing positive for COVID-19 in the NBA. Did they have any numbers like that during their time in a bubble? They never had a single case in the bubble. Not even when everyone first came into the bubble? Nope. See, we can't trust you MFers out in the real world. Yeah. And then also this week, a little bit of sad news. Carl Anthony Towns, or the cat as they call him in Minnesota, revealed Friday that he has now lost a total of seven family members to COVID-19. Oh my God. He released an 18-minute video about how he dealt with his dad and mom both being hospitalized by COVID-19 earlier this year. Um, His mother did lose the battle in late April to COVID-19, about the time that you are dealing with it. Right. I don't think I ever showed you the 18-minute video, but he really reached out to like the community in Minnesota and ended up donating large chunks of his salary to helping healthcare workers and helping promote more knowledge about the virus early on in the year. And then his mom passed away and he donated even more money to those charities. Yeah. Seven so. people in your family. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's... It's so tough, sad. and and he was quoted this week on saying that it 2020 was a hard year for a lot of people, but he goes, I feel like I've been hit, not the hardest, but, like, pretty hard. Yeah. Like, you know, to lose seven direct family members to the virus, it's just like, oof. That's insane. But that's all the NBA COVID news I have, but I have other NBA news. Okay. The NBA decided this year to suspend random marijuana testing for the 2020 and 2021 season. For the longest time, it was considered a illegal drug, but in most states now, it is illegal in some medical variants or another in the United States currently. As well, there's a lot of talk that the Democrats are going to try to decriminalize it across the United States. Well, we know that's not going to get passed through both the House and the Senate, so just get rid of that. It's a little frustrating because it's illegal federally. Yeah. So... As an organization that is not just in one state, and they are all over the United States, I feel like they should still be testing for marijuana, which I'm pretty much as liberal as you get, and I still feel that way because that's the law federally, and you are technically more of a, like, federal thing than you are a state. Well, yeah, because they're constantly traveling across state lines. As well, the NBA currently plans 
on scheduling the trade deadline for March 25th. So they announced that this week as well. And then we had some big moves this week. Um, the biggest being probably the Houston Rockets trading Russell Westbrook to the Wizards for John Wall and a future first round pick. It's just a weird trade. So the Wizards get a first round pick and Russell Westbrook for John Wall. And the two of them, like, there's such an even trade. And I don't think either one is really going to improve the other team like it's just it's like an even trade person for person like John Wall has been out injured all of last season so like there's a lot of speculation of whether he'll come back and be the John Wall he's always been uh, or if he'll just be a flop and I think that's really the only losing risk that the Houston Rockets took I think long term John Wall is healthier for the locker room than Russell Westbrook was but you know Russell Westbrook has always been a problem in the locker room he's got a very large ego so I'm not shocked to see Houston trying to purge themselves of him. You know, Oklahoma City did it. They purged him. So I'm not shocked to see him moving again somewhere else. Yeah. And then Kemba Walker of the Celtics will be out until early January after his knee injury has not stopped bothering him during the offseason. This past week, he received a stem cell injection to try to speed up the healing process. He Science. Said, he said that was helpful. Yeah, yeah, and it should be should be good. You know, science is a pretty amazing thing. I just, I feel icky about stem cell stuff, not because of, like, the ethical implications, you know, I don't care about that. I thought it was it's because just... you grew up in Christian Oklahoma. No, F that. So, my thing is, <laughs> you're, you're getting, like, a very important part of someone else injected into you, and, like, that makes me feel squeamish. So, like, that's, that's a me thing. I don't care about, like, the ethics of it. It's also how I feel about, like, organ transplant. Like, it's good and good for you and you need it. But it's also, like, there's a part of you that's not a part of you. And it, like, goes into, like, this horror mindset for me. (laughs) Which makes no sense. And it's a clear sign that I've read too many scary things in my life. Right. And then also this week, Under Armour announced that they will be launching a Steph Curry brand. This contract will be similar to the Jordan line with Nike, so it is kind of going to be its own company and branding underneath the umbrella of the big company that Under Armour is. Okay. So the first release from this brand will be an exclusive shoe being released this December on the 11th. So just about a week away, they'll be releasing their first item underneath the Steph Curry brand. He's been... One of the players signed by Under Armour for a shoe contract, though, for a number of years. So it's not like it's the first shoe that will come out that is a Curry-based shoe. It's just going to be the first one under the new branding. I don't even know who this person is. One of the greatest three-point shooters in the game currently. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Steph Curry has already committed that a percentage of the annual revenue will be invested in underfunded communities for sports and education programs. So... Um, he's starting off in the right right way with his new contract and brand. So yeah, Under Armour didn't even fight against it once he said that that was one of the stipulations. They're like, we're on board. Well, that'd be bad PR. Yeah. To begin with. Yeah. Um, he's contemplating on trying to sign other players to his brand, kind of like Jordan does with their players. Like you're not like yes, you're signed by Nike. Your con like your check probably comes from Nike, but you're signed to the Jordan brand. You're not signed to Nike. You know. Yeah. yeah. So it's exciting to see who they're gonna try to sign as their first player. Probably won't happen until the draft class of next year, though. I would imagine. So. 
But that's all the NBA news I have, other than I wanted to get your reaction from some of the jerseys. Okay. Um, so this past week, the NBA announced their city jerseys. This first one is for the Charlotte Hornets. This is one of the top-ranked ones by most people's opinions. I'm going to guess it's going to be red and white. It's not at all those colors. Okay. But they put on the front Buzz City, because I guess that's what they're known as in, in Charlotte, as the Buzz City. Uh, this is disgusting. What is that color? It is a tealish blue color, like a light blue color. I'm so afraid of Buzz City with their very light pastel-y blue. Yeah, so the colors that they went for are teal and purple, providing a unique point of departure for the Hornets design team, the license to tap into the nostalgic hues of the 1990s Charlotte Hornets. I'm sure it's nice for someone who's been a fan for a long time, but that just, I'm not intimidated by you. And that's kind of the whole point of like your mascot and everything that goes with being a team. You're supposed to put fear of God in them. Here's the. And I don't even have the fear of Karen. Yeah, so the number two most commonly voted into this top three is the Golden State Warriors. It's got a bridge on it. It does not have a bridge on it. Okay. They play in Oakland currently. It's um, got an Oakland on it. No, it does have Oakland on it, actually. But <laughs> um, but we were just talking about Steph Curry, and that's who he plays for. So that is the Oakland or Golden State Warriors city jersey. Are these throwbacks? Because that looks they like are, very they're 90s. They are more so throwback jersey styles. Yeah. It's very 90s. Yeah. And like, I don't like... Even the font is kind of 90s. I don't like the orange-red color that's around like the armpit and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I like dark jerseys, so, like, I don't completely hate that one. Okay. The yellow is offensive to my eyeballs. And so we'll go on to the San San Antonio Spurs, which is honestly one of my favorites of the city jerseys. It's going to have a spur on it. It does not. Um, (laughs) But they go back to their throwback colors. There's a video, so I'm going to try to mute the volume here so that you can see it. Oh, maybe. I don't know what their colors are. You'll see it here momentarily. Fiesta colors? Yeah. It's basically like the Tex-Mex of colors for San Antonio. So there's going to be yellow and red and maybe green. Yeah. You asked, we delivered. Let's see it. No. (laughs) That's offensive. (laughs) It's not actually, but like gross. Right. I love it, personally. I absolutely hate it. What is the three-stripe deal? It's the the way the Spurs have always been. It's always been that three stripes. That's like the way... Like you were talking about throwback. This is the throwback jersey, 100%. And it's like a pink, blue, and orangey yellow color that I don't like. Yeah. On a dark field. And like the dark field is all I enjoyed about that jersey. Yeah. And then we have the Memphis Grizzlies. Now that's that looks very nineties. Yeah. Like that just screams. You got like 90s. the the ribbon patch down the sides. Right. Yeah. But it's overall a pretty good looking jersey. Like I don't really have any hate for that one. I mean, I don't hate it, but like I'm not enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And then the one that I showed you last night, which I know you were just oh, talking God. so bad about, the Miami Heat's no. Miami Vice color pattern it gets better when you see it on the shorts doesn't it god it looks so much worse on the shorts (laughs) okay so here's the thing they look like they are currently in a uniform that someone has given them to go to someone's gender reveal party it's like we don't know whether it'll be a boy or a girl girl, left or right who knows (laughs) 
And then I have to show you, of course, the jerseys. Well, two of them, actually. The Atlanta Hawks did an MLK uh, reference because, obviously, he made a lot of his speeches in Atlanta and did a lot of marches in Atlanta for uh, African-American rights. This also looks very 90s, and it's not that, like, ugly. Yeah. I, I don't like the colors of the, like, armholes. Yeah. Trying to get to the... Okay, here we go. And this is the Chicago Bulls, which... I originally, oh, no. I originally liked. Oh no! But it's not grown on me. The longer I've looked at it, Ooh, it looks why? very, cas- no, it looks very no. casino night style, like lettering with like it, swirls down the sides. It does look like some sort of casino. I don't know why. I hate it with every fiber of my being. So previous jerseys for the city night jerseys with Chicago are definitely nicer. They did, like, the city flag style one time with the four stars and the blue color. Mm -hmm. As you know, blue and red. What about the actual, like, red jerseys? I thought it would be red. Nope. And it's just black with everything wrong with everything else. Yeah. The black is fine. And I I think, again, Dallas as a sports team misses with the quality of their jerseys. So you you remember seeing the the Dallas Stars retro, uh, reverse retro jersey. It's just mostly a white jersey with some green. Yeah. Uh... Here's the Dallas Mavericks city jersey. Okay, no. Whoever <laughs> came up with this needs to be, like, drawn and quartered or something. This is the worst. Yeah. It was by far one of the worst looking, jer- looking jerseys out of all of them. That's even worse than the gender reveal jersey. Yeah. And I thought that was bad. Yeah. Truly, I think one of the worst ones is the Oklahoma City uh, jersey. Oh, no. About to offend my whole family. It looks like a race car driver pattern like a race car pattern on a car there it is right there literally looks like a paint job that would be on a car possibly racing through nascar with... you don't have enough advertisements on it oh to be trust a me there will car. be advertisements on it it's yeah, just no. it's know. ugly yeah i think that was the worst one in my mind the cleveland one no a... the chicago one and the dallas one are worse than that but that one's ugly yeah it could be worse though it could be uh the new york knicks Okay, what fifth grader came up with that? Or no, or the Washington Wizards, or we could even. I, I don't even know what to say about jump that. Jump to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like that's not offensive. Like that doesn't like upset my sensibilities, but it is ugly. Or the fonts of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, who the f played they, around they with all the randomly, different fonts? Yeah, Jesus, they put like five or six different letter styles on the jersey. In one city name. That's disgusting. That's the worst one. Like, <laughs> I thought the Dallas one was bad, but that's the worst one. But I just wanted to get those reactions because I know that Liberty had not seen all those jerseys. We obviously didn't go through all of them. If you want to look at them, they are online. We, we might even start tweeting some of them out and maybe do our top list um, throughout the week. But My top list is throwing them all into the river. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Because they're not hockey jerseys. But let's well, be honest, no, the reverse retro jerseys were pretty awful Because they're all well. bad, not because they're not hockey jerseys. Yeah. They're just bad. But that's all the NBA news I have for the week. I just figured I'd add that since I knew that we had a little shorter news week overall. We definitely did. So, But to finish it off, we're going to talk about soccer. I'm going to start with MLS. Good, because I didn't get the time to do that. So, Well, all that's really going on right now is the playoffs and we just finished the conference semifinals last week for the east you had game one which was orlando city sc playing the new england revolution and the number eight seed new england revolution beat the number four seed the orlando city sc three to one 
Oh, man. In game number two, it was the Columbus Crew SC playing Nashville SC. Columbus beat Nashville 2-0. to A few days later, you had game number one for the West, which was the Seattle Sounders FC playing Dallas FC. Obviously, Dallas lost. Seattle won 1-0. to Yep. And the last game was Sporting Kansas City losing to the Minnesota United FC 0-3. to yeah, it was, was a, it was a thwomping. So up next, we're going to have the conference final starting on today, December 6th, which is the East Columbus Crew SC is playing New England Revolution this afternoon. At 2 p.m. Our time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, the day before this episode comes out, will be the West, the Seattle Sounders FC playing Minnesota United FC. And then it's rounding off with... Uh, December 12th MLS Cup playing at 8 Eastern on Fox. Yep. We don't know who's playing in that yet, obviously. Unless we could predict the future, in which case we should go put some bets on some teams. Well, I think New England Revolution's going to get stomped out by Columbus today. Well, the, the dilemma is with that is Orlando City took a red card in the match against New England, so they were playing down a player, which... Right. Albeit it came in the 60th minute, but still, like, when you're up a guy, you definitely should be beating up on the opposing team, like, right. without a doubt, so. Well, and I think it's come down to who New England has been playing so far and less about how they are as a team. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. So I'm putting my money on Columbus for the East. For the West, I think the Seattle Sounders are going to win it, but this is more of an even match than the other one because Minnesota is only ranked fourth in the West. Seattle is second in the West, so they're a little closer. Yeah. I still think Seattle's going to beat them, but... I'm sick of Seattle winning, so I'm rooting for Minnesota. Northern Midwest State, we're going to win this one. Yeah. I just, I can't see Seattle winning another thing. I just Mm -hmm. don't want to see it anymore. But that's just me. (laughs) Going into the Bundesliga this week, it was a pretty depressing week, I think, for both your team and my team. Uh, We drew every single game this week. Your team drew every single game this week, as did the other five top teams in the Bundesliga. So uh, not only did your team draw in the Champions League, but they drew out in the normal Bundesliga match, as did my team as well. It's better than a loss. It is. Not by a lot, but it's better. In the Champions League, that meant that Bayern Munich's win streak of 15 games ends at 15 games. We had already clinched the number one spot in the group in the Champions League. So realistically, we we ended up benching six of our starters. So like we had a lot of young guys on the field for that game. Honestly, I thought it was over at a certain point. Like we were down and out. But I'll be honest, the Red Bull Leipzig game made me even more nervous yesterday. It was a back and forth, just obliteration of goals. Between the 19th minute and I think it was like the 39th, there were four goals scored. (laughs) Just kind of craziness going off. Yeah, the 48th minute. So from the 19th to the 48th, you had one, two, three, four goals in that period of time of the six goals were scored. So it's kind of crazy. It was a little scary at moments. Thomas Mula ended up with two goals, and honestly, I will tell you, every single goal in this game deserved an opportunity at a top 10 plays of the day for ESPN, but because ESPN only covers basketball in the world, it's not going to make hey, the cut. sometimes they cover football. 
Yeah, yeah, that's about it. But because of those draws, the table pretty much stayed the same. Bayern Munich in first, Red Bull Leipzig in second, Dortmund in third. Leverskin tied for third place with Dortmund. Only difference is the goal differential, which keeps you in third and them in fourth. And then Wolfsburg to round up the top five. Schalke is still sitting at the bottom. They took their third loss in their last five games. Um, They continue to just play dismally. They have not had a single win this season so far. Obviously, they fired all their coaches and quite a few of their players now. So I just don't know who else you can fire and put the blame on at this point. I think they've pretty much accepted the fact that they're going to be relegated this year, to say the least. But in the Premier League, things are getting a little more normal. Uh, You have Chelsea winning four of their last five. They are currently in first place. Uh, You have Tottenham in second. Leicester City in third. Liverpool in fourth. And then the big one for you, Manchester United moving all the way up to fifth place from 15th in two weeks. They're doing big things over there. They've won four of their last five games with a goal differential of plus four. So you guys are doing pretty well when it comes to outscoring everybody. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, you guys needed it, you know, especially after the slow start. Where are you on the table, sir? Still sitting at 13th. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We had a little bit of a COVID problem this week, so we didn't play. The game is going to be made up at some point, but... Supposedly. We had five players on our COVID list and only two that tested positive, but because the other three were in close proximity, the Premier League decided it is not safe to play. They were within kissing distance. Yeah, well, within soccer playing distance, I guess. But yeah, that's kind of where things lie. Yeah. Yeah. You guys... Pretty slow week. Yeah, in sports, nearly not a whole lot going on. The Champions League games were all pretty boring. Yeah, everyone's just ready for Christmas, I've decided. Yeah, there's just so many teams still in Champions League right now that, like, there's a lot of teams that I I can't say don't belong there because they obviously won games to get there, but it's just there's teams from all these small leagues still left, so it's just kind of a boring situation right now in in the league. So People you expect to win are winning, and those you're expecting expecting to lose lose are are losing. losing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much spot on, so... It's not the kind of story you make a movie about, at least. Yeah, it's definitely not. But we will catch you later on in the week with some book-related news and talk about me wrapping up Harry Potter. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yep. And make sure you guys check out all our social media. It will be linked in the show notes. And we will also be trying to do a Harry Potter advent calendar post per day across our social media. So make sure you check that out. As well, I am going to force Liberty to do her top list of those NBA jerseys. Maybe just a top 10. And we Could will I post do that. a bottom... Wait, how many teams are there? I don't know. Off the top of my head. I'm going to do a bottom 30. A bottom 30? So all of them. Yeah. 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 So we will put those lists out as well. We'll probably just end up tweeting those instead of doing anything crazier than that. And otherwise, we will see you guys on Thursday for the book episode. And we'll catch you then, guys. Bye. Bye.